Hey gang, what's happening on today's podcast? We're going to tackle the versus question. You know, like when you got something versus something else, which is pretty apropos considering that the 2022 housing market, it's like a battle royale. <laughs> now, these are questions from you, the listener, maybe not you exactly, but you know what I mean, the universal you. People are always asking me to compare the pros and cons of something versus something else. And on a weird side note, when I was coaching my kids' soccer team, all the kids, they never asked me who we playing today. They said, who are we versing today? So come on, parents. Look, in about 10 years, everyone's going to have a podcast, so your kid's going to have one, so you need to teach them some better English, all right? So for today's episode, whether you're listening to this, you know, on the treadmill or walk on the dog, I might go ahead and destroy the English language, but I am going to help you with these versus topics. What are they? Well, they're in the title of the podcast on your phone. You read them. Let's go. What is happening, my How to Buy a Homies? I'm David Sedoni, and this is the How to Buy a Home podcast. Hello to all my subscribers. Hello to all my bingers out there. You know who you are listening to me at one and a half or two times speed. And hello to all you new folks out there. Uh, this is the podcast and soon to be the YouTube leading authority on how to actually buy a home, especially your first home. We've got hours of information out for you out there. Uh, you can check out more free content at David Sedoni on Instagram.com. And we're building up the YouTube page. Yes, look, I'm actually talking to a camera right now. So if you're listening to this sometime in the future, which of course you are because I'm recording it and it's the present right now, check it out on YouTube, How to Buy a Home Podcast. Let's get right to it today. Doing what I've been doing for the past three years now here on the podcast is passing on the free information to you on how the hell you buy a home in this market. It's time for you guys to get some good, solid info. And today I'm going to help you out and educate you and inform you and empower you to help make the best moves for you, especially in this difficult 2022 market. And you can figure out the big versus renting versus buying. Now, today's topics for you. Topic number one, a loan approval, what do you do? 1099 versus W-2. And I'll also answer the question a lot of people want to know, which is, do I need two years on the job? Topic number two, balancing saving money versus paying off debt. And topic number three, new construction homes versus resale homes. Okay, real quick, before I get into topic number one, I want to give you one insider secret. I love giving you guys these tips and tricks. I wanted to share this one with you. I'm here for you because I saw the information out there for first-time homebuyers were scarce or just plain wrong. And frankly, you folks are getting pitched some terrible stuff out there. And the deal is you're getting it pitched hard by realtors desperate for some clients, especially some newer realtors. Nothing wrong with newer realtors as long as they're trained right, but some of the stuff that I see, ooh, it's skeezy, ignorant, or just lame. Like, for instance, there was a, a something I saw in my Instagram feed from a broker because, you know, I get all kinds of real estate people in my feed because that's the dope life I live. And this was their top tips for training new agents, telling them how to get business and be successful. The top three. One, start branding yourself immediately. Number two, write down a business plan. And number three, create a daily schedule or routine. Did you notice anything there? Did you catch what they were trying to sell there? Yeah, here's the insider scoop. To get your license, the test has very little to do with actual contract negotiations, what to look for in inspections, or comprehending the financial aspects of not only buying a home today or the market history. Yeah, who needs that when you're trying to help a confused first-time homebuyer figure out this entire situation? The number one thing that they want you to do is build your brand. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that is scary. Your insider information is there are 3 million licensed real estate agents right now in 2022, and there are only about a million homes for sale. So at the very least... If you got a buyer's agent and a selling agent on those 1 million homes, that's only 2 million. That means there are a million agents 
more than we need to have. And they're being told by the pros in their industry that the keys to their success is not doing the training that you desperately are looking for and that you desperately need to know when you're an advocate for a buyer, like contract negotiations, how to present your offer in the most competitive market in history, studying the history of the market and using that to help shape the long-term goals for your buyers, or, you know, I don't know, financial options for buyers in a crazy housing market. No, 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 don't do any of that. The number one thing they're told to do is brand themselves. Do your research. Don't be fooled by a stylish Instagram account. You need way more than that, especially in the bananas market of 2022. If you listen to the podcast, you know I shoot from the hip and my concern for you comes from the heart and it's backed up with math in my head. Is that the cheesiest thing you've ever heard on a podcast? See what I did there? The hip, the heart, and the head? Gross. All right, so let's go on to today's topic. Real information that you guys need to know. Topic number one, 1099 versus W-2, and do I need two years on the job to even get approved for a loan? Well, as with all questions pertaining to the name of the podcast, how to buy a home, there are some, some general concepts that might pertain to everyone. All right, but overall, probably not. Everyone's different. There are only a few things that pertain to everyone. You have to be a human. No aliens. You can't be artificial intelligence. Yet, I don't know. Oh, your dog cannot be on title. No matter how much they're part of the family, you can will the dogs, the home. I'm, I'm not kidding. With a caretaker. And, you know, turn it into the world's biggest doghouse. Because I'm not kidding. I looked at a home. And four years after the owner had passed away, because we knew the owner had passed away in the neighborhood, and when we went to look at the home, they disclosed to us that the home for the last four years had been a doghouse for three French poodles. <laughs> the good thing for the people who were the beneficiaries of that particular home is that uh, the home went up in value in four years. So the, the Frenchies lived in a place that made the siblings a whole lot of money. Okay. Now, why is this important? Well, the dog thing's not. That just made me laugh. Uh, if you're not paying cash, then you're going to need a loan to buy a home. And if you want to get a loan, you have to have a job. So we got to talk about these, 1099 versus W-2. Many people ask me about the requirements of the job. So let me give you some basic guidelines. Most banks today and for several years in the past, they do like to see two years on a standard W-2 job. Does that mean anybody else can't get a loan? No. But if you're thinking, boy, gosh, there's no way I can do this. Look, if you've had a W-2 job for a couple of years and you make enough income, you're probably got the baseline and you can do good. Do good. See, I told you I was going to screw up the English language. You can do well. You can verify this, you know, with your pay stubs and your tax returns. Now, remember that for later. Tax returns. This is the main way that the banks are going to verify your income. So if you're self-employed and you've been writing off every time you go to a Fast and Furious movie because you started your own business painting cars and, you know, you got a big old huge refund because you wrote that all off, well, that means your income's going to look lower on the tax return than it actually was. And that's how the banks decide how big a loan they're going to give you when you're trying to buy a house. Okay, back to the W-2 peeps. So two years is what they like. Now, that's not to say that you cannot get a loan after just one year on the job. So find out now. Get yourself a unicorn and get a referral to a lender and ask where you stand today. Yeah, there are general guidelines, but there are exceptions to every guideline and there are new guidelines happening every single day. By the time this podcast drops, there could be a dozen or hundreds of new programs that differ from that norm, the regular two years W-2. The worst thing that could happen is if you check it out. Well, actually, there is no worst thing. So you go in, you've been working for just a year at a W-2 job, and you find out that you do need another year working in that W-2 before you can get a job. Well, you already thought that you knew that, so there's nothing worst about that. 
But now you have a contact, an advocate, a guide, a team, a squad, some people to help you so you can prepare during that next year and you're not just walking around blindly. I actually loathe blanket statements for first-time homebuyers. There is no trick. There's no one sentence if you're trying to get a loan for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Everyone has different variables, and they are many, and they are unique. There's tons of different loan products out there, and the guidelines and, and the new products are coming out every day. So I hesitantly say this to you. In general, remembering that there are plenty of exceptions and changes in loan programs all the time. In general, if you've got two years of W-2 work with pay stubs and tax returns, that's what you're going to need. And if you haven't filled out the second year's tax return yet, go ahead and find your mortgage broker and get your plan going. There are solutions for that too. Okay, you don't necessarily need the second tax return to be filed just yet. Sometimes they can show a pattern and get you pre-approved. They do the same thing with overtime hours and bonuses. They count those towards your approval number if you have a pattern. But remember, this is specialized for everybody and your unique situation is the real answer to your question. Not me saying, this is how it works. Okay, that's great, David. Thanks for topic number one in the verses. So what am I supposed to do? Well, start your plan today. Many people find out that they have options today to purchase. You can be buying right now instead of renting, even though they haven't got the full two years of W-2. And many others find out that they do need to wait a little bit. But now they have a guide and someone who can give them a map so they're not aimlessly saving and working on debt with no clue if what they're doing is what the banks want to see when you eventually ask them for money. And with everything in getting ready to buy a home, time is your friend. Get a guide, use them to help you to your advantage. Now, how does that work against self-employed people and entrepreneurs? You know, maybe you started your own business, or maybe you're just anyone out there who gets a 1099 instead of a W-2. Well, gang, for you, it's all about tax returns. Okay, so how many of you out there had your butt cheeks clench up a little bit because you realize that you wrote off tons of stuff on your tax return to show minimal income so you could keep more money in your pocket? Come on, don't lie to me. Look at this from the bank's perspective. You ask them for money. They want to see that you make money. And although you made $150,000 last year selling your super tasty cinnamon pickles online, you wrote off $100,000 in advertising, shipping, and mason jar costs. So you only showed $50,000 worth of income. We know you made more than that. Well, they're only going to give you a loan based on the income that you show on those tax returns. That's the basic philosophy. There are a million different ways that you can skin this cat, but I'm not going to be tell you that this is the end-all, be-all way on the podcasts. I've already told you I'm not doing that. You need to see someone and have them get all up in your business, literally up in your business. Once again, people, that was fantastic wordplay with the correct use of the word literally. For God's sakes, if you learn nothing from this podcast, learn to use the word literally correctly, please. I mean, what's more important, the biggest financial transaction of your life or your command of the English language? Here's some real-life listener stories on the subject of dealing with 1099 income. I had a listener that write me this. I've had tough times to get a big enough loan with my self-employed low income. The lender found a DSCR loan option for me. That's a debt service coverage ratio loan, and it usually comes through an investor. And I'm going to pay a pretty high interest of 5.875%. But listening to your podcast and crunching all the numbers is still better than renting an apartment. So listening to your words, calm me down when I'm starting to doubt myself. And it's better to have a loan in a home with high interest than no home at all, right? Okay, so this is where you expect me to have read that listener question or comment or email to me and say, see... Right? I was right. Thanks for listening and taking my advice. You're going to succeed and dump that rent, and this is the perfect thing for you to do. Actually, I don't know. I have no idea. 
but he does. You see, he ran the numbers and he looked at the scenario and he knows his options because he went through the podcast and understood the numbers of renting versus buying. That's why I don't say to all of you, if you're self-employed, don't wait until you've got two good years showing big profits with low write-offs. It's better to get a higher interest loan because the math is always still better. I don't know. I don't know your personal situation. I don't say that because that little paragraph from the listener that he just gave me right now, that was just the tip of the iceberg of their information. But apparently this listener had used the podcast to get all their math and run their own numbers. And even a scary 5.875 mortgage interest rate is still better than renting for them. And they know it because they know their numbers. So today's screaming from the mountaintop point that I'd like to give you is that rates as low as three and 4%, they're giving you guys the options like this listener. And with rents going up out of control, even what is considered a high rate in today's market could still mathematically make sense for you. The podcast is not named How to Do This Right Podcast. It should actually be called How to Take Advantage of Today's Market Podcast. But that name sucks. So how to buy home it is. You have options because of the math that exists in our current financial world right now. High rents and low rates. Remember, anything under 6% mortgage interest rate, that's a low rate. You just started paying attention to this stuff, so don't let the current news of the rates be your guide. All right? You have to understand where we stand historically versus where the rents are going right now. Let the current math be your guide. Here's another listener thought. By the way, not sure if you ever mentioned it before, but you really should tell your listeners to never, ever change from a W-2 to a 1099 or vice versa within two years of buying. I work for one company since 2016, but they switched me to 1099 a couple of weeks before I contacted you. And now that job basically never existed as far as the brokers are concerned. Okay, this is a prime example of why I ask you to ask your local mortgage pro about your situation and not listen to the comments or your Reddit threads or your uncle that's bought five houses and thinks he knows everything. It's never the same for anyone. And I get it. This listener right now is frustrated and they said, tell your listeners to never, ever change from a W-2 to a 1099 or vice versa. Now, look, I'm not ragging on them for saying that. Just like I'm not ragging on your uncle Or the comments that you read. Well, some of the comments I am ragging on, but that's another story. Look, the people who are telling you these things, they're trying to protect you. Because like this guy, he's trying to protect you. He says, David, tell your listeners, I got screwed. And I know you want to help them. You're right. I do. And that's awesome. But what I know about 16 years of helping other people work the plan to home ownership is that sometimes what screwed somebody else might actually work for you. And the number one thing that I hear from all of my buyers is, damn, Sedoni, I should have started planning this way before I called you. You see, your situation is unique and you can find all kinds of tips and personal tweaks to avoid the pitfalls that have wrecked things for others. Most real estate horror stories happen because people just, you know, They started doing things on their own. They tried to save and pay off their debt without getting a guide to explain to them what the banks are actually looking for. They Maybe they just Googled it or they used their other resources asking their friends and family before they talked to a professional, a real estate team, your realtor and your unicorn lender who actually do this every day. And, you know, I've talked earlier about what phase you might be in buying a home. It doesn't matter if you're phase one or phase five ready to buy this weekend. If you're not running this by a team, People who actually buy and sell houses, and by the way, one of the experienced teams, know what I'm saying? Well, then you're bound to find roadblocks that maybe you didn't even know existed. That's the real. All right? I'm experienced. I'm old. Ooh, I said it. Drink. I'm not branding. I'm not working on my branding today with a photo saying, hire me in my glossy picture perfect style and I'll help you get a house. I'm telling you, that you can do this the easy way by finding an experienced professional on an entire team to guide you and help you avoid the drama, or you can do it on your own and possibly learn lessons later. So thank you to the listeners who wrote in and they both had discoveries. And I hope those discoveries help all you guys out there on your journey. 
You've learned the biggest lessons in how to buy home. Expect the unexpected. And though it's not going to be exactly how you pictured it, in today's market, it might be different and rough, but the math is probably still going to be in your favor. Maybe. Could be. Not for everyone. Did I make myself clear? Topic number two. For this topic, I've got a great example, and I've got a listener that's going to help uh, show us some of the tips and tricks on this one. We're going to call him Brian. So Brian wrote in, and his specific question was this. Credit card debt pay down to help assist getting my credit card up versus keeping the cash on hand for the home buying process. Ooh, good question. So I asked him some basic questions that I asked all the listeners, and I responded to him in several different correspondences, and we eventually got to a place we worked out a plan for him. So let me go through what I said and tell you how I helped him and his wife. I'm going to call her Roxy. And that's in honor of the 25th anniversary of the Broadway musical Chicago. And also because Roxy is a dope surfwear line. Yeah, I said musical theater and my favorite surfwear line. Just try and figure me out. Okay, so Brian and Roxy said, first of all, thank you for all your work and putting together your podcast. We are severely disappointed in the resources out there for first-time homebuyers and until I found your podcast, and I have been listening ever since, nonstop. That's a real quote, guys. Whew, I got this guy snowed. My wife and I are looking to buy our first house. We currently live in New Jersey, but we're planning to relocate to the greater Boston area. I was wondering if you know any unicorns, and then he mentioned some of the Boston areas that he wanted. So, hey, great start. So I've already hooked up Brian and Roxy, Roxy, heart, da, 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 da. I've already hooked them up with some local pros in Boston and they're getting their team together and they're going to help them with their further questions. So let's get back to Brian's questions. Okay, the current rental lease ends on May 31st, so we're looking to buy a home at some point this summer. Now, thankfully, we have a backup place to live. It's my in-law's place, so we don't have to have a house until June 1st. Now, we have yet to get a full pre-approval based on our combined income of $200,000 a year. And we both got credit scores between 740 and 762, depending on which credit cards look at your credit score that we look at. So we're looking to buy a home in the range of $700,000. Okay, cool. Now, these are obviously some listeners who are doing pretty well. These numbers, if you're nowhere near that, fine, just drop them in half, not a big deal. But these are the type of folks that it's really interesting They're educated. And by that, I mean, like educated in buying a home. I have no idea. I don't know squat about their personal education. And it doesn't matter. It's not a job interview. It's buying a house. So this is a great start for them. But some of the things that we have to do is they have some ideas, but those are ideas they've got based on minimal information, not having it done with a professional. And on top of that, their lease is going to be up in three months. So once we get them connected to a unicorn realtor and a unicorn lender, they could discover a bunch of things that they should probably be doing before they go out and apply for a loan. And you guess what the number one thing is you need when you're trying to set yourself up to look great for the bank for the loan? Time. Time is the one thing that you can use to make adjustments. Three months seems like a long time, but that's nothing when you're looking to buy a house. There's so many things that they have great guesses on, but they won't know until they finish talking to the unicorns that I've got them set up with. Like, is $700,000 the actual number that a bank's going to approve them? What about the different neighborhoods that they're looking, since they're moving from Jersey to Boston, that maybe they're not aware of? What credit score? You know, they talked about how they got their credit scores from their credit card statements. What credit score is the bank and the lending people going to use? And what small tricks and moving money around can they do to jump their credit score one tier? They're right on that top tier. The tiers go in 20-minute increments. They're right there at 760. Now, here's the trick. You need to get both scores above 760 because regardless, the bank is going to use the lowest score. It's not an average. They don't take the highest. So, I said before in other podcasts, be careful who your partner is because the lowest score determines your mortgage rate for your home. They've only got three months to plan and time is the greatest advocate to get their best purchasing power. Now, they're setting their clock right now based on their lease because they've got someplace else to go, not setting their clock to buy a house based on the best time to buy a home in this market. 
if you're deciding between renting and buying, you should be really looking at the timing of the market, not necessarily the timing of your lease. Now, I know you're thinking, yeah, but David, that's money. I got to figure out how to get the money. I don't want to lose money with my lease. Well, okay, do this for me. Don't binge all the episodes in order. Jump around. Go and listen to episode 36, 40, 53, 57, 68, 69, 70, 73, and 74. Yeah. Do you think I've covered the whole deal with what's going on with the market and how to work the lease? Check it out. Okay, back to Brian and Roxy. We recently graduated from grad school and had some wedding expenses last year, so our savings aren't, isn't as substantial as it could be, but we do have about $40,000 saved specifically for the possible buying a home. And we have about $250,000 in credit card debt. Uh, about half of it's a 16% interest and the other half at 0 or 5% due to balance transfers and credit card offers. We have the ability to pay off about half of that credit card right now, but we're struggling with the idea of having less cash on hand when the time comes to put in an offer. We're going to need cash for the down payment to cover the closing costs, and we'd like to have some cash to make our terms more attractive to the seller. My gut tells me that the majority of the credit card debt that we should pay off so that our credit scores get a little bump within the next 30 or 45 days and potentially push us into the 760 plus credit score bracket. The plan's to pay down the credit card debt to get it to a 7 to 10% usage window. Okay, that was the end of their question. Now we're talking. Brian and Roxy have their gut and they've got their theories, but they did the right thing. They asked a professional. In this case, there are some really tight little variables for them to work with. And so they asked me, and then I sent them to a local guy to help them with the answers. Ooh, then they said one more thing. I asked them, do you have a 401k account, any kind of retirement? How much is in it and how much to contribute? And they told me, yeah, they got $66,000 total and they contribute 7% and the company matches 3%. Okay, here's a side note. Most people have a non-taxable withdrawal from their 401k. For up to 50% or $50,000 is a max for the sole purpose of purchasing a primary residence. If you don't understand what that means and you've got someone in your 401k, that's a big deal. And it takes a lot to kind of figure out and get your whole brain around it. But it's non-taxable. So listen to the details in episodes 22, 58, and the middle of episode 75. Now, the other big hack with the 401k, if you notice, I asked them, What's the contribution that you do and how much do they match you at your work? Now, the other big hack with the 401k is adjusting your contributions to be partially to your 401k and partially to the new, more expensive mortgage payment because both assets have long-term growth for what you're going to be putting those payments into. It's just diversifying your retirement funds. So you notice I asked them how much is your contribution and how much does your company match. Now, I always tell people at least do what they match, but maybe you can use the overage above what you're matching to diversify your retirement. <laughs> did any of that make sense to some of you out there? Well, if it didn't, go listen to those episodes I told you about. So why didn't I just give them, you know, an equation on how much do you save and how much do you pay to reduce your debt? That was their question, right? Well, because even with all the information that they gave me, and it was a lot, it's not enough to offer intelligent advice. There are many, many things that you need to know before you can tell someone exactly how much they should be dropping in savings and paying off on debt. What are their goals with this purchase? Do they like where they live right now? How long can you hang out with your in-laws? Are they expecting a pay raise anytime soon? Uh, you just finished grad school. You got student loans. Uh, what about you just got married? You think about having kids or buying puppies or buying chickens, starting a business. All that stuff is going to come into play when you're figuring out how to financially construct your plan for when you're trying to move forward. There is no formula. You don't pay off debt at X percent and save at X percent and boom, now you're buying a house. No, it depends on you and your goals. And of course, the current housing market conditions. Now, this is one of the trickiest questions I get asked. And the best answer is, guess what? Find a unicorn team willing to help you make this your last lease ever and help you plan your finances. Preferably, I tell people, you know, a lot of times it's great if you can start this 12 months out. So 
if you feel like you're in good shape and you got a lease coming up here in a few months and you want to get ready for next year, cool. Start prepping. And then when you sign that lease, start your plan. So the moral of this, do not just pay off your debt and save money and think you're doing it right. There are tricks and formulas to paying off and saving. And every one of you out there is going to have a little bit of a different tweak based on where you are, where you want to be, and what is the best path to get you there. There's no generic answer. I cannot say it enough. All right, the last verse is a new build home versus a resale home. I hear this one a lot. David, this market's crazy. I think a new build is better for me because there's too much competition in the resale normal purchases, right? That's what I should do, right? <sighs> okay, so the jerk in me wants to say, sure. I mean, you know, the easiest way to do anything has got to be the most lucrative, right? It's got to be the most beneficial. The easy way. Doesn't that make sense? Gang, anything worthwhile is going to be probably the more challenging option. All change has challenges. Simple challenges, that just equals smaller change. Difficult challenges usually equals greater change. And difficult challenges can be made less difficult if you've got a game plan and you have small, consistent changes in your behavior. Okay, now I can't and nobody should answer that question for you without at least asking you 25 questions beyond what you asked them. I cannot answer that question until I ask you 25 questions. And they're, and they're not yes or no questions. They're questions you have to explain what your plan is and what you'd like to do and what your goals are. Now, my content is free and I'm here to help you, but I will not, nor will I ever give anyone seeking advice on how to buy a home an absolute or a general generic answer. And for this one, there's a huge basic factor that you can't just decide, oh yeah, wherever you live right now, it's totally better to buy a new home than, than a resale. Look, I don't know that. I'm not in your area. Wherever that area is or wherever you want to move, how many new build projects, new construction projects are out there compared to the resale homes, that's going to change everything in your decision. And after that, there's a thousand factors. But as a starting place, I always recommend the local pro can tell you what's going on in the neighborhood. They're going to have more knowledge about upcoming construction, about upcoming projects. And there are so many different variables and each builder actually behaves differently. And everything that they know is going to be more helpful for you to understand. They're going to understand about land avail availability, city planning, long-term cost effectiveness versus an established neighborhood and on and on and on and on. Now, here's something you might not know about new builds or about being a first-time buyer. Did you know that the compensation for your buyer's representative, that's the commission that your agent gets paid, which is paid by the seller, it not only varies from each individual house or builder, it also varies in the amount at different times of the market. Yeah. So when it's really, really hard to get buyers, guess what? They're going to end up paying more to have me bring my clients to them. So yeah, my dumbass decided to become a buyer specialist and start a podcast for my passion, first time home buyers, right when the sellers have seen the biggest frenzy in supply and demand ever in history. So what does that mean? Well, that means that most of the time right now, I'm getting compensated 2% instead of 3%. Now, how's that sound? Like, no big deal, right? Just 1%? Well, imagine this. You've been working 14 years in your business, and now you're really good at what you do. In fact, you're so good. You're such an expert. You start a podcast to share your knowledge. And surprise, surprise, it actually works. Well, damn, now you're an expert. You must be making more right now. Nope, not at all. For the last two years, I've been making an average of only 2%, not 3%. Now, what is that? that that's an entire 33% of my income. Imagine that'd be like you working 15 or 16 years for the same job in which you're now an expert and you got a podcast and suddenly you get a 33% decrease in your pay. That's what's happening with the new builds. The builders have decreased the incentives for your realtor to help you with their home. So that means 
with these new homes, they're going to follow the same practice. And a lot of times, not only trying to decrease it, they're actively trying to deny you your own representation at all. So I'm telling you this not so I can sit here and whine about my job. I love my job and I love being able to help you guys. And the pendulum always swings back. And plus, now I'm getting to help more of you out there. And this is way more fun. But one of the things you should know is that's happening and buyers agents are getting used to it and the builders know they're getting used to it and they're slowly but surely just trying to push those buyers agents out. Yeah, many of them are trying to deny representation at all. They're going to pay nothing if you try to bring in a buyer representative because the demand is so high, they can offer nothing and they're still going to sell the units to buyers that are willing to use the builder as their representative. They're going to even offer you incentives to use the builder lender, which basically is illegal. This is basically not legal in any way, but somehow they're getting away with it. So that's what's happening right now in this current market. And I am old enough. Oh, drink. Does that count? Old enough? I don't know. Well, I'm old enough to remember when the market sucked so bad for sellers that the home builders would actually come into our brokerage and beg us to bring them buyers. And they were offering us all kinds of extras and bonuses. So right now, is a new build a better deal and easier since resales are so competitive? Well, it's a trick question. I already told you I can't answer that. But I can tell you that the builders have more ways to try and nickel and dime you since in your mind, buyers are a dime a dozen. Ooh. Double dime analogy, double dime. Okay, here's something important. Most builders have a sign-in when you first go there. Seems pretty innocuous. But did you know that even if you have a buyer representation, if the agent doesn't accompany you, like walk in holding your hand on that first visit and you sign in, by signing that piece of paper, you forfeit your right to use a realtor. Yeah, and that realtor is totally free to you. The builder has to pay for it. But because the builder realizes they have to pay for it in a market like this, they use that trick to have for them not to have to pay your realtor because they know that when they tell you that, sure, you'll be pissed, but you're so desperate to buy a house, you might go through with it. Now, once again, this is another thing that should be illegal. So I'm going to make you a deal. If you guys share this podcast with enough of your friends, I'm going to build up Unicorn Nation so big and so strong, the unicorns will someday, someday they'll pay me huge money just to be called a unicorn because they know everyone's going to come running to them. And then I can retire and I can just lecture to everyone about how to be a first time home buyer. But I promise you this, if you make that happen and you share this podcast with everyone, I'm going to work and become a lobbyist so I can change all these stupid laws that screw you buyers. Okay, where was I? Oh, yeah, so you sign in, they got you, you're screwed, you have no representation. So, what's the moral? Always make sure that you have your agent there or before you sign in, that you tell them that you have an agent and give them your agent's information and make sure that they write it down and give you a copy of you writing it down. Now, as far as being right for you, the versus part of this, new build versus resale. Well, that would be a discussion with you and your local unicorn to have. The advantages and disadvantages are so local that it would be irresponsible of me to advise everyone who listens to this podcast with some big blanket statement because things are different all over. One listener had a question about a new build, and this is a question I actually can answer because it's something you might not have thought of. New homes take time to build. Now, if it takes time to build and you're doing all your calculations ahead of time, loan approvals expire. You see where I'm going with this? See where this is headed? Right. Here's something you might not have thought of. This listener says, my buddy referred me to your podcast recently and I'm in a bit of a pickle here. (laughs) A pickle, like the cinnamon spice pickles I said earlier. Forget it. Having agreed to purchase a new build townhome back in November that is going to be completed by June or July 2022, I invested $20,000 in the earnest money deposit and the builder deposit already, and now I'm getting hit with one of the worst mortgage rate markets in the last three years. Okay, so obviously in this situation, this is somebody drowning and I'm doing my best to save them. Okay, I can't make everything right, but I can see what I can do. Now, 
the bummer is that mathematically they're correct. It is one of the highest rates of the last three years. However, if you listen to my other podcasts on mortgage interest rates and the market forecasts and where we were in 2021 and 22, you would know that January 2021 was the lowest mortgage interest rates in history, in history, like forever. So they had nowhere to go but up. Therefore, part of the planning when you're looking to buy a home at the end of 2021 if you're working with a unicorn team, it, you would have been preparing for the fact that if you can't buy a home, if you put in a, a deposit on a home, and you're not going to be able to, to actually lock in the loan rate until you get close to the closing, which is going to be three, four, five, six months from now. There's nowhere to go for the mortgage rate but up. But apparently this listener didn't get that information. It's not their fault. They just reached out to me now and, you know, they put the deposit down three months before they found me. Now, the listener continues, I wasn't able to lock in a rate back in November because of the timeline for the new construction. See, that's what I'm talking about. So I didn't know what to do or if there was anything I can do now to get a good mortgage rate. I've gotten quotes from four or five lenders, one of which was their preferred lender, the builder. And guess what? Uh, he tells me they had the highest rate of all the lenders. Hmm. Color me shocked. And he goes on to finish. Three words to describe my current state of being a first-time homebuyer. Confused, deflated, frustrated. Okay, gang, this is one of those moments I don't know if I should cry or just be inspired that I know the podcast is getting out there and hopefully I'm going to be able to hit more of you guys before you end up in a situation like this. This is where if you're a new listener out there and you don't know my vibe that I might sound like a bit of a chode. Because I ain't mad at this listener for reaching out in the middle of the tidal wave. But I am going to be pretty harsh because I'm just recommending to the rest of you what you should do before you go out in the water. I'm still going to try to help both people. The listener who wrote in and you guys who hopefully can stay away from the situation. For him, I'm going to tell him that his realtor and lender definitely should have explained that in any new build, it's a gamble. Because most new builds are longer than 90 days and most loans only lock your rate for 90 days. Now, this build was what, from November to July? So this should not have been a surprise to our listener. Somebody should have explained to him in the end of 2021, we were at the lowest rates ever. That's a big bummer, but I can tell you right now, you should go back to your lender and a realtor and tell them you're pissed. You should tell them that they should have told you this and ask them to help contribute to help pay for some of that difference. I don't have any life preservers for the tidal wave that you're in right now. You just got to hope that the math is still in your favor, even with a higher rate than you had originally calculated. For the rest of you out there, your lesson before you go out in the water is to know that it's a gamble. So what do you do? You get your weather report before you go out to sea. Rates can change a bunch of times in a bunch of different ways, up or down, before you get to the point where you're 90 days out and you lock it in. And speaking of weather, don't count on those build-out dates to be correct. If they tell you it's going to take six months to finish their home, guess what the number one reason is for the timelines getting extended and buying a house? Yeah, weather. It can slow down for all kinds of reasons, but weather's the big one, so... Some of the other reasons going on these days, have you heard about the supply chain thing? What about the cost of lumber? Yeah. If your build is six months out and the material prices kick up or the prices in houses in the local area start to go way up, the builders, they're going to figure out a way to try to make up some of that lost money. They don't care if they piss you off. They're not counting on you for their return business. As soon as they finish the deal, they're packing up and they're gone. You're never going to see that builder again. Now, what happens if you're working with a unicorn team and a lender and a realtor? Well, they're working in that neighborhood all the time. They need you to be satisfied with what they're doing. Yet, just like a seller who's selling their house and moving to Denver, they don't care about you. It's a one-off sale. I've mentioned that in other episodes. They can dump you and move on to another buyer. They don't care how pissed you are. The buyers or the builders, excuse me, they're a one-off sale also, and they're leaving town. In some instances, I've actually heard that when they're giving 
they'll dump a buyer, give them their deposit back because they realize that the prices have gone up so much and they can use the supply chain and lumber is that even when they give you your deposit back and cancel your contract with you, they still make more money with a new buyer because the line is out the door because the inventory is so low. And if you don't have a representative with you from the very beginning with that initial contract that you have for your deposit, they're in control and they're going to find a way to weasel out of it. Supply and demand is going to change how much of a crap they give about you. Just like the story I told you when they used to come in and beg us when the supply and demand was the other way around. But in 2022, the line's out the door. So you better know all your numbers going into it. And I can highly, highly recommend that you tell them right away that you've got a realtor before you sign anything, even a harmless sign-in sheet so you can have the protections and you can stay calm in those waters and you don't have to call me when you're in the middle of a tidal wave looking for me to fly over with a helicopter and rescue you. Which, by the way, I hear is incredibly difficult. It's like drumming. You have to use all four limbs if you're doing a helicopter. Doing a helicopter? Can you tell? I have no clue how to do it. That would be flying, David. Thank you. And the very last thing about new builds, the price that you see online or on the billboards is for the basic modeling, just like buying a car. You don't get all those extras for that price. <laughs> the model that you walk through when you're on a builder site, the one that has tons of upgrades, in some cases, that can be six-figure difference between the price on the billboard and the one that you walked through. In California, you don't even get anything in your backyard. It's just dirt. Like, you just accept that. It's dirt. And don't even think for a second that you're getting those cool countertops, the backsplash, the flooring, the fancy security system. <laughs> None of that stuff that you see in the model comes for the price that's on the billboard. Now, this sounds like I'm a hater of new builds. I'm not at all. I'm a hater of the builders trying to screw you. Well, I mean, I'm a hater of anybody trying to screw you. But the builders are just, I've seen it happen a lot. and It infuriates me. But if you're prepared and you really dig that new home smell and financially it works best in your long-term plans, you can get a kick-ass buyer representative and go for it. Just be sure that you look at other older resale homes as well, so you can compare and contrast. That's the whole versus episode, right? You could factor in your lot size, the neighborhood, the commute, the potential remodel on an older home for a cheaper price. A lot of newer homes have higher HOA dues, something else you should factor, and many, 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 many other things that your unicorn can help you look at to decide which is the best fit for you and your family and your home ownership goals. Bam! How is that for what? 45 minutes, an hour of versus talk. Are you ready to jump in the ring? Whoo! Questions that you never, ever asked. Or perhaps maybe you were thinking about it and you thought, well, if I have to go through his stupid jokes to get the free information that I want, I will sacrifice. You can help out other lost and confused and frustrated friends by simply texting them this episode. Share it. Please share the episode. It's going to help us so much. Get me closer to that lobbying job so I can sue all those people and change the laws. I'm not saying that all your friends out there are, you know, bewildered or confused or pissed off. But, you know, I wouldn't blame them if they were in this housing market. Let's crush all the confusion by spreading the word. I don't ever want to hear again from any of my listeners that they are confused, deflated, and frustrated. I'm giving away this to end all that. I'm sure that many of you out there feel that way, and that sucks. So this is my mission, to put all this information out there for free and help you first-time homebuyers that have been getting the shaft. And now more than ever, I want to make sure that you're either finding your own unicorn or you're asking me for a unicorn, that you understand what a unicorn is, the unicorn criteria, and making sure that you are covered You've got to have a good representation right now, not someone who's brand new, just trying to build their brand. If you've ever got a question, go to howtobuyahome.com and drop me a line. Check out more free content on my Instagram at David Sedoni or the Facebook group, howtobuyahome.com and join the conversation. And of course, we're just getting going on the YouTube page. You're listening in the future. I'm sure I'm gigantic up on the list. But if you're brand new, check out the YouTube page. There actually is a ton of content on there that people just haven't been looking at because I suck at YouTube, apparently. But I think I'm doing okay at podcasting. 
Look, if you've got questions, well, you should. And if you don't, then you probably should. This is going to sound really gross, but consume my content. Consume me. I put 16 years of experience out there for you for free because I got sick and tired of seeing you guys get screwed. So is buying a house now possible? Yeah. I have hundreds of listeners doing it and a whole bunch of closings we have. We got a few this week that happened and a whole bunch under contract right now. Is this going to be easy? No, not in 2022. But is it possible to buy a home in 2022? Yeah. I've got hundreds of listeners doing it right now. We've got a whole bunch under contract right now. Now, was it easy for them? No, not in 2022. But for many of them, well, most of them, if they're actually going to move forward and go under contract, is it going to be better for them in the long run? And could it be better for you in the long run for your personal financial situation? I don't know. I don't know because I don't know your personal situation. I don't know what your specific questions are. I don't know what's going on in your life. And it would be absolutely irresponsible for me to tell you that I think it's better for you to do this and push an agenda on you without understanding you and everything that matters to you. However, I can recommend that for many of you, if you pay an average rent in your area, that the math is probably still in your favor to jump into this battle. Nothing great in life is easy, and it's always better to go into battle with a unicorn general and be prepared for what might happen. And heck, be prepared for extra surprises that might come up that even I haven't mentioned in 77 episodes of me rambling. For many of you, I do believe that right now, if you do the math, you're going to find out this is a better long-term plan for you. So, That's the only reason I would tell you to do anything difficult. That's the only reason I would tell you to go out there and get your butt handed to you when you're trying to write offers. That's the only reason I'm trying to tell you you're going to feel crappy, but at least you can know that you're going to feel crappy because later on, you're going to feel happy when you become a homeowner. That is the cringiest, cheesy thing I've said in an hour. The good news is that with the right team, you can do this.